Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, welcome to another episode of X-Files and another episode from our guest interview series that we are just absolutely loving. Thank you everyone for being here and tuning in. We've got a really special one for you today. Uh, We are about to share with you our interview with Trey Anthony, uh, pronouns she, her, the author of Black Girl in Love with Herself, and an amazing all-around fantastic human. Yeah, she was so much fun to talk to, and it was really funny because I listened to the audiobook, and so Uh, I felt like... I had already been talking to her for a while. It was just a one-sided conversation. Um, Yeah, so that was a really cool experience. So highly recommend the audiobook. If after this interview, you're like, I gotta go read this. The audiobook was great. And like she said, it comes with some extra materials, some behind the scenes. Uh, She interviews her mother and sister, who she does talk about a A lot lot. in the book. Yeah, because our families totally influence our journey. So yeah. Yeah. And I did find it really interesting. You know, she really, really went on a journey with her mother. I mean, and it was not all just roses and apples and things were just wonderful. I mean, she said, you know, I learned a lot and it was really hard for me, you know, that she had felt kind of abandoned at one point and she learned a lot about that. And Mm -hmm. then I just think it's really beautiful that, you know, she's able to come back and look you know, look back and self-reflect on what Mm -hmm. having that mother taught her, but then also, you know, continue to grow the relationship that they have as adults so much so that she goes into a lot of detail about the relationship in the book, personal stuff about her relationship with her mom. And then she interviews her at the end of the audio book. That's I I love it. I think that's a great supportive parent. And I think that's a beautiful thing. We do touch on this in the episode, but this was also exciting for us because I mean, a while back, oh, I hadn't even moved yet. So when the podcast was just kind of getting up and running, you know, we had already heard from a fan slash listener who had a suggestion for someone we should bring on. And that was special for us to make happen. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, you've got to interview Trey Anthony. She's got this amazing book coming out, um, published by Hay House. Like it's just really, really cool. And reading the book was really awesome like I enjoyed it fully like it was such a cool thing and each each chapter starts with like a song recommendation yeah it's a really unique book yeah yeah and every chapter like as you're learning about her journey she also is sharing kind of some worksheets at the end of each chapter and affirmations you know how much we like affirmations so (laughs) yeah we were we were really thrilled to see Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh, you're not just like learning how she's gone through these things, but you're also getting the chance to like reflect on your own life and, you know, have an action to take from this book. Cause all too often we'll read something and do nothing with it. So yeah, she was really good about that. Um, Trey works with women as a coach doing, you know, self-growth work and you can definitely, that definitely comes out. I know one of the exercises is, you know, how to evaluate and rate your 
your friendships and your relationships in your life. So it's, it's definitely, you know, a meaningful experience. I highly, highly recommend grabbing it today. I read, read it. Um, Claire, <laughs> listen, read it. We yeah. Both have, yeah, I, I think both, you know, do, do what's good for you. Do, do what I you really like enjoyed do. reading it. I loved having her on, um, you know, I, I think we went into some territory that, you know, perhaps she doesn't always go in on her interviews. Yeah. I mean, we even talked about, um, the what are the cooking boxes that you get the is it oh like I thought that was yeah. really fun you know we got really specific as to how she has enjoyed the single life after yes. really 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 not expecting to be single yeah. right now yeah because most of this book I mean we led in with her relationships with her family members but this this book was really like informed by her breakup and um it's interesting we'll talk about it in the interview but it was not supposed to be about a breakup it was supposed to be how about how to find and manifest a wonderful relationship <laughs> and she got the book deal and then the relationship ended very suddenly That's we'll incredible. get into the details mm -hmm. but you know that i think is what made her such you know, like such an obvious yes to interview on this podcast. So I think you guys are going to really love it. You're going to really relate to a lot of the things that she talks about and also like the healing that she has done is going to inspire you. So, so, so excited. Well. <laughs> and if you do love it, please leave us a review on Apple, send us a screenshot in a DM of your review, and we are going to send you something in the mail to say thank you. A little, a little stick or something. Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get on to our interview with Trey Anthony. Welcome, welcome, Trey Anthony to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really exciting as a newish podcast to, you know, have someone like you on that we, um, to speak with. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you. We are too. And just, I guess we might as well mention that we um, became familiar with Trey's work because one of our listeners reached out and said, you've got to interview this woman. She's amazing. She would be perfect. And we did. And now you're here. So shout out to listener Janice. Same name as mine. Yes. yes. <laughs> Listener Janice. Thank that you. That never happens. I never meet anyone else named Janice. And yep, she's definitely a loyal and beautiful fan. And yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to be so excited that you gave her a shout out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's awesome. get into it. Claire and so, I are both yeah. fans of the book. Yes. Black yeah. girl in love with herself so so good I loved it so yeah thank you for writing it and putting it out in the world especially like with the year that everyone's just had oh my gosh yeah. yes which definitely was touched on and as anyone who will read the book is probably curious about Trey would you be willing and comfortable giving us some background about your breakup story that is very much alluded to in the book but, yeah. you know, we wouldn't mind a few more details if you're comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was in what I thought was a committed long-term relationship. I had been with my partner for four years. And before that, we had been friends for about three years. So I had known her for a good seven years of my life, right? Mm -hmm. And we were in the process of adopting. Um, we were two years into the process. 
and we had just moved into a brand new condo together. So I had sold my house and she had sold her house and we just kind of said, okay, let's get together and bring our lives together and, you know, get this wonderful two bedroom apartment so we can have a baby. And I'll cut out some of the little details just for, you don't just have because to. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but, um, what ended up happening, um, I ended up getting a text attacks yeah everybody keeps going what <laughs> but yeah okay. yeah <laughs> well it wasn't a post-it note right no it wasn't like, a post-it note oh my gosh it's that thing <laughs> yeah I got a text stating I no longer want to do this and it really came out of the blue like I really I gotta say that like as I said we had just moved into a brand new apartment less than four weeks before and um I had a two-week-old brand new baby at home that I had adopted and I was given 12 days to move out of the apartment and we were about to go into a pandemic and because I am an artist and I do a lot of stuff like around like live shows film and tv I write for television as well all of my gigs were being canceled left right and center because of the pandemic and I found myself pretty much quote-unquote homeless with a two-week-old baby really trying to pull my life together of this bomb that had fallen onto my life yeah and just grieving a relationship and really just really scared because at that point in time no one knew how long this pandemic was going to happen and I've moved now from a really high income to um two income high household to really just really just worried about what I was going to be able to do financially because you know I had now a newborn baby to take care of and so I was devastated. So where I start the book yeah. <laughs> um, is I start the book saying I was on the bathroom floor. And this is the irony of it, which was so hilarious to so many people, is just before all of this happened, I had gotten a book deal with Hay House. And the premise of the book deal was um, for me to talk about how I'd manifested this wonderful relationship. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Isn't that just life? <laughs> but, so I'm, I have one quick question. If she broke up with you by text, did you then, I mean, you would have seen her after, right? If, she, if you had to pack up. I saw her once. Oh my During God. Once. That is once. wild. Once. Oh, talk about a, once. like, once. see ya. <laughs> I, I talked, I, I saw her once after that. And that conversation looked as if we were about to reconcile and get back. And so I was really hopeful. Oh. And then I got another message basically saying, nah, I'm good. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh, and, that's and that the worst conversation, feeling. When I saw her once after that lasted for a good seven hours, we were in each other's company for seven to eight hours. And that's why I was really hopeful that we were going yeah. to work this back out. And then the next day I was hit with this message saying, no, I thought about it and I'm good. And that was the end. I've never spoken um, to her since. I was blocked on all social medias, um, everything. Like it was just horrid. Like it really was one of the worst things I've ever gone through in my life. Because you you think you know someone and then you just realize that you just don't. And for me... I've always had really great friendships with all of my exes and all of them are in my lives, Mm, um, in my life. So I just never had experienced something this cruel 
Yeah. And that's pretty extreme, I have to say. I mean, yeah. we hear things all over the place and that that's pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold. Yeah. And I've never experienced anything like this. So for me, it was really shocking. And as I said before, I had gotten this book deal with Hay House. Yeah. And I had always, we had always been this couple on social media where people would put hashtag couple goals, oh, hashtag yeah. love, love yeah. hashtag all of this. And so they were like, oh, write a book about how you, because I always told people how I manifested this amazing relationship, how I wrote this list. And this yeah. wonderful person walked into my life and she was everything. And I really was a big believer in it. And so the book yeah. was really about giving advice of how to have a wonderful and healthy relationship and how to manifest a wonderful relationship. Oh my God, yeah. talk about salt on an open wound. Yeah, Oof. And <laughs> it was five months before my book was due to the editor, this happened. And I was just like, I can't write this book. Like I would feel like such a fraud. How yeah. can I give relationship advice to women mm-hmm. when I missed the tsunami, what was hitting my own relationship? So I was just like, yeah. I can't. And so that is when the editor said to me, then what book can you write? Mm -hmm. And that's how Black Girl in Love with Herself came about because I realized for me that because I was so invested in the image and the possibility of having this amazing relationship, I ignored a lot of red flags that told me something different was going on in my household. And, you know, after the fact, I found out a lot of things that now start to add up and I go, oh, okay, this is what, what this was about. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things like building off of that, first of all, I'm so sorry. That is, that is above and beyond like, you know, no breakup is fun. Um, But especially if you've had a place of maturity with other past partners where you're like okay we can work this out we can be friends like you can still be in my life to have someone you were adopting a baby with you know just moved in that oh I feel for you yeah (laughs) yeah I'm so glad that black girl in love came out of it um But one of the things you talk about in the book is like how the life that you pictured and expected and, and you just said, you know, like you were so attached to what it like could be and what it seemed to be, um, you know, reconciling that image with what is now like the new reality that can be really hard for people in a breakup. Um, can you talk about like how you've gotten to a place of reconciling those two different worlds basically? Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's something that I feel that I'm still working through, right? Like it's been yeah. less than two years. Um, mm-hmm. but I think when I come to those days and moments when I'm feeling really down about it, And I always say, no, what you thought you had really wasn't Mm. the reality. Mm. So you're missing the life that you thought you were going to have, but not the reality of who she was. And that also makes me then have some level of comfort around it because I I just feel as if there was a, a total misrepresentation. And now I'm knowing the true person who I was with. And so I, I keep reminding myself, I say, you know, you're mourning who you thought that person was. Yes. And so the reality of this person, you really should not be mourning or missing. And that's what you have to deal with right now. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times when we do go through breakups, we romanticize 
what the relationship was and we romanticized who the person was (laughs) and the life you were going to have and for me I've really taken time to really sit with is this true or is this a fantasy that I made up in my head and I know I would say 80% of it was a fantasy like it really was a fantasy and I refused to you know deal with the reality of who I was with and that's when you know the universe was like okay we're gonna we're gonna make you see this because you don't want to so you're saying whilst you were together you you didn't see it you made yourself not look I think I saw not I think I know I saw Mm -hmm. a lot of things that made me realize that this person wasn't I, I think you know my grandmother always says you know and I talk about my grandmother in the book yeah I know that, we love her uh, right <laughs> that never believe that you're the exception to the rule right like how mm. you see someone treat someone else yeah. never believe you are the exception to that right that comes because up in our coaching a lot yes. and I have to tell my clients that like this happens to everyone or mm. you know this yeah. this is you are not the special scenario or case here yeah, yes. like a like an example is like um, you're dating someone new and they're bad mouthing all yes, of their exes. <laughs> yeah, that yes. is a good That's example. That's gonna be Bingo. you. Like you're Bingo. gonna be in the list. Bingo. Or when Bingo. someone says their ex was crazy, all crazy. Yeah. Biggest red flag. Ex is crazy, and they have no contact with any of their exes. That's the biggest red flag, and yeah. I ignore that. You heard. And I you heard it like, here. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. like, no, I, you know, oh, of course they're crazy. And now yeah. <laughs> I've become the crazy ex, right? Oh. So, so I, I think that's a huge flag. And there were just some yeah. things that I saw of, you know, a bad mouthing exes, just not ending well with people in general. Right. Yeah, that is oh, a yeah. good sign. So do you stay in touch with her now? And would you want not to? Not at all. Okay, because no. this comes up all the time on not the show, in our community with our clients of people like eventually not wanting to completely cut ties, regardless of how bad it was. So I love that you're saying in your case, no. Not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. I think for me, it really was dealing. I did a lot of counseling a lot of therapy um Mm -hmm. I really did a lot of research on narcissistic behavior and narcissistic abuse and one of the things that they really and I was totally unaware about these kind of situations and one of the things that they totally recommend and it was something for me that I had to do is going no contact and (laughs) I just had to do that and like I said I had not had an experience of that like even to this day my ex um my other ex, not the one I'm talking about now, is godmother, her partner, and her, or godmother to my son, right? My other ex, you know, I'm really good friends with her, and, you know, we're great friends. She just came down and visited a couple of weeks ago, so I didn't have this experience of ending badly with exes. It was totally the opposite, you know? And so even my mother used to joke and be like, I feel like you guys are all sister wives because I don't know how to get along. Oh, that's cute. Sister wives. Yeah. But I think when someone is this cruel and has shown that they do not care, they just don't care about you in your lowest and weakest moments. Why would you want to be friends with someone like that? Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I wouldn't choose you as a friend. Yes. Because it's cruel behavior. And, and, and there's a difference of when someone hurts you 
and says they don't want to be with you. But when somebody is cruel to the point of being dismissive. That is, yeah. 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 No, Mm -hmm. I don't need that. I don't. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) And I think too, as women, sometimes, you know, we're taught that, oh, you know, be nice, you know, when men do it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, not everybody. Not Mm -hmm. everyone deserves to be your friend. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for telling us about that. That is really intense. And I really think that our listeners specifically are definitely going to benefit from hearing about that and the way that you went about it. So yes, thank you so much. And also, I love that you gave a bunch of details that weren't in the book. I feel mm, like we're gossiping (laughs) and like girl talk. (laughs) um, And there's uh, part of the book that is kind of related and it's the one of the passages that I kind of wanted to read and get your feedback mm-hmm. on yes. and um yeah everyone she doesn't know I'm about to read this so oh she tries on the hot seat all right <laughs> no one owes you an explanation of why they stopped loving you and yes it will hurt it will hurt like hell but the only way you will truly heal is if you have enough love for yourself and you understand that you didn't give them the job of loving you. While they were loving you, you were also busy loving yourself. And most importantly, you must know how to love yourself when they are gone. Never give away the power to love yourself or love yourself correctly. Teach people how to love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote that? So, <laughs> it's That's amazing. pretty good. It's definitely gorgeous. So yes, just as far as, you know, people not owing, you know, one another an explanation, um, maybe just, um, you know, what more can you say about that? Um, This is especially important, you know, for people who are listening because of a breakup. Yeah, I think for many months and months on top of months, and even maybe even for a good year, I kept wanting to have an explanation. Like I really wanted for my ex to sit down with me and say, these are the reasons why I can no longer do this. And I wasn't granted that. And I then one day I just sat and said, I'm not going to get the closure that I think that I need. And I'm going to have to accept that this is what it is. It's over. You, you don't, you're not going to get an explanation of why, and she doesn't owe you anything. As much as you feel she owes you anything, she mm-hmm. doesn't feel she owes you anything. So let her be. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I also recognize, and this is a theme that runs through the book, is one of the reasons I was so devastated about this breakup was because I had given so much of myself to this relationship, to the point that I got lost, that I didn't know what things made me happy. I didn't know that I was deserving of kind of like some kind of reciprocal emotional investment. And I just gave and gave and gave and gave. And then I was so invested in her loving me. So when she left, I was kind of like, whoa, that must mean that I'm unlovable because I gave so much. Because I gave so much and yet it still wasn't enough. And you still Mm -hmm. walked out the door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I realized, you know, I saw this meme once where it said, can you imagine if you loved people, you loved yourself the same way you loved people, who would you be? And that really hit home to me because I recognized I did that with friends. I did that with family. I did that with partners where I gave so much and I expected nothing in return. 
And I realized, no, I have to start loving myself in the same kind of um, passion that I give Mm. to other people. And also know and believe that I'm worthy of a kind and tender love, right? And I think for a lot of us who have not had the most idyllic childhoods or, you know, a lot of our emotional needs haven't been met, I think we don't realize how often the little girl in us show up in grown relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that little girl that showed up for me all of the time was love me, love me, love me, because I was separated from my mother for many years. And I always felt this kind of abandonment issue about, well, if my mother left, then there must be something wrong with me. So I always picked people who I wanted them to kind of just pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, choose me. And so when they didn't, I was devastated. And so I had to do a lot of healing and sit with that and be like, you're not the eight-year-old Trey being left behind anymore. And you can also protect her and you can heal her and you can love her. And guess what? You can show up for her. Maybe no one else will show up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you can show up. Yes, you can. What yeah. What do you say in the book? Put on your good perfume. Put on your fancy panties and yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, this also is important because this idea of getting closure is something that comes up in our community a lot. Huge. People ask about it a lot, and we're always yeah. like, "You, you're not gonna get it." So yeah, you you heard it again. You heard it. You heard it again. Yeah. And I think that is what keeps a lot of us stuck. And for me. Like I could, I'm being really honest. I was stuck there for months on top of months, just being like, if I could just get that one conversation, I could move on. And I realized it just wasn't healthy. Like I was just Mm -hmm. like, you've just got to accept it. And what really helped me, and I, I don't know if it will help your listeners, is I wrote this letter and I wrote everything that I needed to say, and then I burnt it. Yes. And then I took the ashes <laughs> and I put it in this um, little kind of like um, ravine. And I just threw that and I was just like, there's your closure. But yeah. I wrote everything that I needed to say. You gave it to I yourself. Felt, and I gave it to myself and I just said, now I'm done. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me anything more. And I yeah. think too, uh, um, people's lack of words and lack of actions will tell you everything you need yes. to know of what value you were to them. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, no answer is an answer sometimes. Yeah, and also, like, clearly by the way, you know, your ex acted and then generally, like, with our um, our listeners, the way their ex acted, like they did something that didn't make sense to you. So their explanation, if you get an explanation, might not even make sense to you because you're like, everything was fine. Like, I was very happy. I don't know what you're talking about. So like, you know, even if you get that like quote closure conversation, it you are the only person who can fully accept that something has ended and it yeah. doesn't have anything to do with being told a reason or anything like that as, as hard as that is. Um, yeah. You know, we like stories, like you're a playwright, like there's a beginning, middle and end. There's mm. exactly. things are yeah, tied yeah, up, mm. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes in life, there's not <laughs> an ending sometimes or like, a, yeah, you just, <laughs> Yeah, the, the season ended and they didn't renew and you're like, there's so many plot <laughs> holes that haven't been filled. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. 
definitely definitely yes well you know you mentioned your uh relationship with your mom and with friends and like you know giving the love to yourself in that respect um and I I loved in the book how you talked about these different relationships and how Mm -hmm. you know it's not just like a romantic relationship um where you can find support um but also like a lack of support in some ways in some areas and we talk a lot about choosing like there's the friend who's really great for going out and distracting you, but she's yeah. not so great for the heart to heart. Um, yeah. And you really, really talked about this in the book. Yeah, um, I was so, so excited about that when I read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about like kind of yeah. the realizations there? Some of the realizations that I found in this breakup was like people who I thought were going to show up didn't show up right and then there were friends who I had a friend who was all the way in Wales who got on a plane and flew to Atlanta to be with me and stayed for uh, nearly a month because she was so just shocked and she knew I was in the worst state ever you know and so that was really important to me to have a friend who just said to me I think you need to cry about this more. You don't have to be strong. You don't have Mm -hmm. to act like you have all of the answers. This is devastating what has happened to you. And I think because I have always been that type of person, and I talk about this too, about also, especially as a black woman, there's that whole thing of like the strong black woman. And so Mm -hmm. I was trying to be really strong. And I kept thinking, you know, I have this newborn baby who's counting on me. I need to pull it all together. And I just felt so weak. And I think a lot of times as women, we really need to evaluate our friendship circle, right? Mm -hmm. And take a look at our friends and really see, will these be the people who will show up when you really need them? Because there are some friends who are just there for the good time. Right. There are some friends who have been there because you went to high school with them, but you really had nothing in common with them anymore. (laughs) There are some friends who are there for the drama in your relationship because maybe you're the couple who provided the drama right? Mm-hmm. So you have to look at that. And there are some friends who are just there for the good times and you can't have that emotional connection and security. And mm-hmm. for me, I really had to do that evaluation and say, this is the kind of friendship that I need right now. These are the friends that I want because I'm at my lowest and I have nothing left to give, like nothing. And so I know they always say, real. um, friendships and relationships are 50 50. No, there are some times I will definitely say during this breakup, I was giving nothing to my friendship. Right, Mm -hmm. It was all Mm -hmm. about me and they knew it. And they were just like, you would have done the same for us. And we're going to show up for you like that. You know, I had friends who sent me money because they knew that I was really concerned about things financially. There were friends who sent me diapers, you know, and those things you never forget. And I was really fortunate that I have cultivated maybe about five really good people who showed up Uh in ways Uh that I could not have ever imagined from my friends. And so now, you know, with the other friendships and relationships, do you kind of just see that, see them for what they are? Did you, you know, take steps to step away from people? You know, what, what has, Mm -hmm. um, looking back now, has it changed the way that you operate with the other people? Yeah, I think for me, I used to use the word friend 
in interchangeably with everybody in my life who I kind of knew and who I, you know, would be like, hey, what's up, girl? And they'd be like, oh, that's my friend. And I was like, you know, my little nephew who's like seven, he will go to the park and meet somebody and be like, oh, this is my new friend, <laughs> right? right? And yeah. I felt like I hadn't lost that, that everybody was my friend at some point. Mm-hmm. And I realized that you have to make distinctions between who are your friends, who are your associates, who are people that you work with, who are people who you used to go to high school with and hang out with, people who you wouldn't mind grabbing a drink on a patio with, they are not necessarily your friends, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that I really learned in this of like, who should I give that label to? And not everybody is worthy of that. And that's okay. You can have associates. You can be like, oh, that's my girl I hang out with sometimes. But that doesn't mean she's your friend. <laughs> yeah, that's really confident of you. I like yeah. that a lot. Claire, yeah. you're my friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right? thanks, Janice. <laughs> um, right? and, and that's the thing. And even in the book, uh, Black Girl in Love with Herself, at the end of the chapter on friends, I give you this evaluation thing for you yeah, to do sure. and assess, mm-hmm. you know, what where do these people fit into your life, you know, and is have you been using the word friend and you really don't have anything in common, you know? So that is something that I think you should really take a look at. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes it's your friend in Wales who, you know, you hardly see who flies in, you know, to support you emotionally. Whereas like someone maybe you saw every week is not there for you in that way. Yeah. And yeah, so it really, it doesn't, you know, you have friends that you can like pick up where you left off and others that even if you see them all the time, you don't, you don't know them in the same way. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a really good, good point. You also talked about, um, I really liked the part where you also said, be careful who you go to for relationship advice. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's something I'm also often trying to help um, clients with is, I mean, for instance, we did an episode recently on a crushes and, you know, I said, you know, if you're trying to get over a crush, don't necessarily go to your girlfriends because they're going to hype you up. You know, they're going to tell yes. you, you guys are meant to be, be hot together. And, um, you know, so actually you, you were saying in the book that you should actually be a little withholding when it comes to relationship drama and yeah. Okay. Can you tell our listeners about that? I said, you know, in the book, I gave the example, and this is like with clients that I have worked with, you know, where I've said to them, people will counsel you from where they are, not necessarily of what is good for you. And I give the example in the book of like, you could be in a relationship and you could say to this person, one of your friends, you could be like, oh my goodness, I think my partner's drinking too much and I don't know if I want to be with that person, right? Mm. A person who's single may say, no girl, you don't need somebody like that. (laughs) You know, they're an alcoholic who wants to get married to an alcoholic, leave them alone. Right. And you know what yeah. happened with me and my ex. Right. And he had a drinking problem. Right. Yeah. And then you could go to and this give present the exact same scenario to another friend who's been in a long term relationship, who's one of those people who will go through hell and fire to keep her relationship. And she'll be like, oh, I think maybe you're over exaggerating. You know, I, I've never seen um, him drink that much. It's okay. And, you know, it's hard out there to find a good man. So you just, you know, hang on in there. I don't see anything wrong in that. Mm-hmm. And who's wrong and who's right? But nobody has said to you, what do you want? Like, what do you yeah. need? 
And so that is what I have found that people will counsel you from whatever their experience is, not necessarily what you need at that given time. Yeah. And also I, I gave the example in the book of a relationship that I was in previous to my, um, my relationship with my ex, where I said, I realized we had become the couple where everybody weighed in on our problems, uh, yes. <laughs> right? And everybody had an opinion and I would go to my camp, she would go to her camp and we would come back. And a lot of times we had differences of opinion of who was wrong and who was right. And we just never could come together because we had to do this jury of everybody yeah. weighing in on our relationship. And I think, as I said in the book, I really felt our relationship could have worked if we had decided to work things out between us and privately. And I will say this, my younger sister has been with her husband since high school, since high school. Okay. And they're married and they have my nephew and my sister right now is pregnant with twins, right? And one of the things that she said to me, and they've been together over 15 years, and it's the truth. She says, I will never badmouth my husband to anyone in this family. Mm. And she said, because once we've made up, you guys already have an impression of who he is and what he is. And she goes, you work it out together. And if you can't work it out together, you then go to therapy. But she goes, oh, okay. I will not go to any of you guys of how to deal with my marriage. Because number one, none of you guys have a healthy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> don't take advice from people who don't That's have the life. Point, actually. But... <laughs> like, girl, she has had the longest relationship out of anybody in our family. Well, and I have yeah, go. her and her husband badmouth each other. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's so I true. Think that's really good advice. It's just mm-hmm. keep it amongst yourself. And that's not saying that you know you can't go to a friend once in a while but Mm -hmm. I think you need to be very cautious if that's the only person you're talking to and you're not talking to your partner about problems in your relationship first yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean your family loves and cares about you they want the best for you and if you share something that has bothered you about a partner like they're going to hold it against them a little bit they're like hey I gotta protect my girl um (laughs) but also like you know how people give you um, advice from their own vantage point that's so human we all want to justify our own choices and if they can convince you that what they would choose in that situation is what you should choose too then it makes them feel like they're doing life okay, everyone's just figuring it out anyway. (laughs) But you know, if you can feel like, oh, well, they would have done this too. So okay, we're (laughs) We're (laughs) making the right choice as well. But you know, it's, it's not your friend dating your partner. It's you. It's these two people or, you know, we've, we did an episode on polyamory as well, like, or three people or however many, but (laughs) whoever it is, (laughs) like keep it, you know, you, you are like the super complex individual made up of every second of your own existence that like, you can't possibly explain where you're coming from to someone. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Thank you so much. The whole friend thing comes into play a lot during breakup. So I was just so thrilled that you went into that because I've mentioned it so many times. Um, All right. So let's get into the self-love parts. Um, So it was really beautiful the way that you discussed your grandma and looking back on her life and how you felt that 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of you wanted to do better by yourself than maybe she had done to herself or that she had been able to because you saw how her lack of self-care had kind Mm -hmm. of had weighed on her. And then, of course, your journey to, as I said, the daily perfume, the panties and your self-love journey. So I'd love you to touch on that. And then also, I think what I'm trying to get at is maybe... You know, like what is maybe a first step for someone who has, you know, no, no concept of this type of pampering yourself on a daily basis? Yeah, I think especially if you are going through any level of trauma and a, a painful breakup is trauma, right? It is trauma. And I think for me, I really made a vow to be as tender and kind to myself as I needed to be. And I kept saying to myself, Trey, we are going to take care of you, right? And I would, I would literally sometimes say it aloud. We are going to take care of you. And self-care looked like for me, and it was something that I had put on the back burner for myself for many years, you know? Um, I write about this in the book where I realized how many baths I used to draw for um, all of my partners. I would set these lovely baths for mm. them, and bubble baths and all of this. And I never once thought, it never entered my mind ever. And I'm kidding you to think, oh, I should set a bath for myself, right? Oh, interesting. Right? right? I Uh never thought, because I thought that was very indulgent, or this is something that someone does for you if they love you. And that now has become a ritual for me, that at least once or twice a week, I take a bath instead of this rushed shower. And it's something that relaxes me, and I get lavender oils, and I get bubble baths, and I get bath bombs, and I sit in that. And that is really important for me, right? The other thing that I did was massage. Um, I think especially when you're coming from a relationship and you're used to that contact, that physical contact and even sexual contact, you miss hands on your body. And that was something that it took me a long time to be that vulnerable, to go, I miss touch, right? Like I miss somebody just touching me, the physical aspect of someone just rubbing me. And I didn't want to jump into a relationship just because of that. But I do think a lot of us do that, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because we just want to be close to someone. Mm -hmm. And they're not professional masseuses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How can I get that physical touch that I'm desiring? And I realized for me, it was about massage, that I wanted tender hands on me. I wanted soft hands on me. And that really helped with that void for myself, right? The other thing I talk about is just sexual intimacy with yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. Go Why for it, not? girl. Right. <laughs> we're big fans right. of that here. Right. Like you have to, right? If you come from a relationship where you are having regular sex, you are going to miss that. And that was something that I had to recognize, go, wow, I need this in my life. So I got to figure out how to do this for my damn self, right? Because there's yes. nobody else, right? <laughs> So I talk about that in the book. It's okay to explore your own body. It's okay to be sensual with yourself and give yourself permission as a single woman to do those things, right? Um, The other thing that was important to me was exercise and eating well. And, you know, especially because I was so used to cooking for two, I used to be the person who cooked the most in the relationship. I felt when my relationship ended, I didn't like just eating alone. 
So that was something that I did as well was around making sure that I had meals by myself and I was okay with that. How can you get started with that? Um, That comes up a lot, actually. People not wanting to cook for just themselves or not wanting to go out to eat alone. Both things that I'm comfortable with. I mean, I don't really like to cook, but it's not something I dread for myself. What do you think is a good um, starting point? One of the easiest things for me was I ordered a meal box service and they come in dinners most of them come with um, a recipe card for two. And so for me, because I had invested that money in it and it was coming to my house um, weekly, it forced me to cook because it was there. And I was like, Mm. I'm not gonna spend all of this money for a meal service. And it also made me then also, one of the things that I wanted to do was become a better cook and learn new recipes. So I decided to do that and I would cook the whole meal and then I would have one for lunch and one for dinner. And that was something that really helped me because I felt like I was learning a new skill and it was the way that I took care of myself. And I knew that I I would cook if I already had paid for it and I didn't want to watch the vegetables go bad in my fridge. Yeah, I think that's great advice. What do you think, Claire? I love it. Do it. (laughs) I think maybe one of our first sponsors should be one of these food box services that, you know, advertises on all the other podcasts. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Huge thing for me, huge. And it was something that really changed my whole life was around cooking for myself and being okay with that. I love it. That's Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Yeah. And especially like we just did an episode on breakup brain. So it's like, uh, decisions can be hard, you know, energy can just be hard. And so if you have like a meal box that comes and it's like, this is what you do, you chop this and you add it to this and you're like, okay, someone's telling me what to do. (laughs) You know, like I can imagine that would really help. Like it really helps. And what I found, which I did not even realize it it became very therapeutic for me, just Mm -hmm. the art of concentrating on a recipe, cutting up vegetables. It then took my mind away from, you know, all of the things that go through your mind when you're going through a painful breakup. Right. So cooking really became this therapeutic thing for me to do for myself and a very loving act. And it just really helped distress me and make me feel much more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so like cool. a mindfulness. Like, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. You're focusing on each yes. step and kind of the ASMR. This all happened. Like your mm-hmm. story began. I mean, this chapter of your story began um, as the pandemic was kind of hitting. And your book deal changed from being about relationships to being about loving yourself and the relationship with yourself. And I don't think that was like the only thing that really changed. I think there was a part of the book where you were like, and that's where I stopped it in my first draft. (laughs) But now, (laughs) like, um, do you want to just talk about your experience with the, you know, like what you've learned Mm-hmm. over yeah over this for, for crazy me, thing uh, I, I think just dealing with my mental health and well-being mm-hmm. was a huge thing um I think um I didn't realize and I, I talked to I, I mentioned this just before of how much trauma a breakup can put you through yeah. and I think um a lot of times you know, people will give you the advice of like, oh, well, just get over it or just, you know, and I think when something is really traumatic and really cruel and when you're also dealing with stuff during a pandemic where it really is playing with all of your sensibilities, Mm -hmm. I did not recognize for the longest time 
that I was, I had fallen into a depression and I did not know that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kept referring to it as my breakup slump. Right. And I kept saying, oh, it's because, you know, I'm feeling really sad about and and yes, I was feeling sadness, but this was a a different kind of sadness that I could not just walk away from. Like I Mm -hmm. said to people, the only way to describe it is like I felt as if everything felt nearly a thousand times harder to do. So something as, you know, like loading the dishwasher. Yeah. Like you're walking through mud or cement. I've had it a couple of times as well. And I I kept thinking, uh oh, you know, it's because I'm going through a breakup and, you know, and this is what it is. And then I realized, you know, and it wasn't until I went to see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist said to me, one, you're dealing with a breakup, like a traumatic breakup. Yeah. Two, you are a brand new mother. Three, you're in a pandemic. Four, you just moved <laughs> twice in one year, right? Oh, crazy. And five, you're now worried about things financially. And he said, one of these things would have caused major stress in, in somebody. Why did you think five of these things you could handle by yourself? Yeah. You know, and that is when I realized that, and he diagnosed me with severe depression. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that. And so that is something that I would really flag for any of your listeners, if you are going through a breakup, to be really aware of your mental health. And if it feels like it's a bit out of the ordinary, yeah, trust that. Because yeah. I didn't trust my own self because I kept saying, oh, I'm going to get through this or tomorrow I'm going to be better. And I promised myself I'm going to do more. And I just couldn't. Like, I just did not have the energy. I didn't have the clarity. And once I started taking medication, it felt as if I had been in this dark room and somebody had just automatically turned on the light that was just fluorescent. That's great. Yeah. 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 So besides... Um, feeling like everything has become too hard or just having a feeling like it shouldn't be so rough. Is there, you know, another tip or sign that you would suggest for someone who to know that it's time to, to seek outside support? Yeah, I think, you know, especially if you are feeling, you know, if there's any things of like suicidal thoughts, if you are also feeling um, just like you're tired a lot, can't get out of bed or okay. the opposite for me, is that my brain just wouldn't shut off and I just was not sleeping. So I kind of went into this manic phase of like, I just wasn't sleeping for days on top of days Mm -hmm. and my brain just would not turn off, you know? So that's another thing. It could be also eating or not eating at all. And for me, the crying was a big thing. Like the crying, I just could not stop. And Mm -hmm. I mentioned it in the book where I was crying sometimes like four or five times a day. And it was just these huge outbursts of just like tears. And that was something that wasn't like me, you know, and I knew that something else was going on, that it was not just the pain of this breakup, like something had literally just, it felt like it snapped in me and I couldn't get back to my old self. Like I just couldn't. Exactly. And like, I just encourage anyone who's like going like, well, maybe, but like, I'll, I'll be fine. It's just a hard time. The worst that can happen is you go to a therapist who tells you like, hey, this is normal. You're doing okay. Or you really help yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's, there's, I I don't see any, you know, I know it costs money. It, you Mm -hmm. know, it takes time to 
find someone to see, but you know, it's your life. Like, yeah, you know, prioritize having a good experience. And if you're really, really in the depths of, of a funk or whatever you want to call it to avoid calling it possibly depression, we don't want you to feel that way. We want you to feel happier and, you know, to feel like life is worth living, right? Yeah, for (laughs) sure. And you actually found an online counselor, is that correct? Yeah, because we were in the middle of the pandemic, right? So, you know, nobody was seeing anybody. And so I had to do everything online. And so I actually found a service which was like virtual, who Mm -hmm. basically you saw a psychiatrist, they also set you up with a counselor that you talked to once a month and they mailed you your medication. And then you checked in with your psychiatrist every three months. And that's what I ended up doing through that. And it was one of the best things of my life that I truly, and I say this without any shame, I truly believe it saved my life. I truly do believe that because I was in such a dark place when all of this happened. And I think if I did not seek that help, it could have gone really wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, you ended up actually also kind of rewriting your story completely yes, after as well. Yes. Yeah. And for me, it was about, I didn't intend to write this book. And, you know, mm-hmm. all my friends joke now and they go, you know what? I think this is your Adele album. Right. Adele went through her breakup and that, that album just saved everybody else. Right. Yeah. And I never thought I would write a book about breakups and, you know, how to recover from a breakup and love yourself because that wasn't what I intended. I never thought I was going to be in a breakup. You know, I thought I had met my person. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, you know, I would not want to go through this again. Please do not get me wrong. Right? I would never yeah. want to go through this again. Yeah. But I'm really glad for the lessons that it taught me and the things that I learned about myself around resilience, around trusting your gut, knowing what you know, being okay to be by yourself. Yes. And know that you're not a failure. And that doesn't mean you're lonely. Alone doesn't mean that you're lonely. Mm-hmm. Being okay with my own company. Yes. Being okay to let go of that ridiculous checklist. And, you know, we all know it of like, you know, you meet your person at 30, mm-hmm. you get married at 32. Oh, forget it. You have the kids <laughs> at 33, you buy the house and all of that. And it just released me from that because I was just like, well, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> that is gone. And now I'm way behind and I don't think I'm going to catch up. So it just made me just realize that I don't need to put myself under that pressure. Yeah. And it made me realize how lovable I can be if I'm truly invested in loving myself. And like I said in the book, make somebody catch you loving yourself. I think the biggest bag of garbage we've been sold is, and I think all of us can recite it. And, you know, and I, and I, I love Shonda Rhimes as, you know, I talk about her in the book, but that thing of like, pick me, pick me, I need you to choose me, Mm, right? All of us know that scene. And I think it's women that we've been told that someone needs to pick us for us to feel worthy. And I'm kind of like, you know what, girl, pick your damn self. Yeah, (laughs) completely. Pick yourself. yourself. And, you know, like, especially spending time alone, living alone, you know, it's scary, It's scary at first, but anything unknown is scary. And it's kind of like, if you, 
if you trust yourself, I mean, it's happening. Like yeah, if you're, really if you're going through a breakup, it's happening. You might as well lean in. Um, <laughs> but you'll, you'll start to realize you're like, Oh, this isn't so bad. Like this is, I, it's I can do this, you yes. know? And it, it, it really, I think it helps down the road because you're, it gives you that like, take it or leave it attitude. You're like, yeah. I, I'm perfectly fine taking care of myself. Like you better add something to my life. You better yep. add something. And, and that's what I realized. I've gotten to such a place of like, I know that I'm pretty okay being by myself. Yeah. Like I'm great actually. Yeah. So the next person who comes into my life, you better be bringing something of real value because mm-hmm. I'm not expecting you to see me and be, be and, and, and tell me I'm valuable. I already know that. So you yeah. better be bringing something to my life to add to it. Yeah. Right? Other clip. than telling me I'm valuable. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I, I know that, you know, yeah. like I, I know I'm a damn good catch. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. We think you are as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This has been such an amazing interview. You are just, I mean, I knew that you were going to be really fun to talk to. Yeah, I'm like, like, can we hang out? Yeah. <laughs> can we be friends? Yes. Completely. Yeah, friends. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I want to give you time to like hype your book and tell everyone to go buy the damn book. I, I just wanted to say, like, I was listening to the, um, your interview with, the support is sexy podcast with um yes. Lane Fluker. Sorry, I'm like tripping over my words. Um, she just uh, loves this so much. <laughs> speechless. We're speechless. Yeah, Trey. I I was I'm like really excited. I think it was on that interview that you shared. You know, a, a male friend of yours like called you up and was like, "I've been listening to the audiobook and I love it." And like, yes, you're saying girl, and you know, speaking to a feminine. But he's like, I was right there with you, and I just yes. like loved that because I, I think it really it really did transcend gender um, identification and race. And I I just want anyone who's listening, like, don't feel like you can't enjoy this and get something from it. Like no matter who you are, like, it's really good. It's an amazing story. And I think it's really great now that we're on the tail end of the pandemic to be sitting and actually reading a book about it already. You know, yes. it yeah, really it's made me wacky. feel like I was in it or just, I don't know, it, it did something to my experience of reading yes. it. Mm. Yes. And I truly think, you know, like I've had friends and, you know, different people who have said to me, you know, well, I'm a white girl. Can I read a black girl in love with myself? Mm. Yeah. Or, mm. you know, I'm straight. Will I be able to relate to some of the stories? Or I'm a male. And I truly believe when you write from a place of authenticity and truth and vulnerability, people will find themselves in the story. And that is one of the things that I've loved about a lot of the reviews from Black Girl in Love with Myself. They, they A lot of times if you read the Amazon reviews, they were like, I don't think I was her intended audience, but Aww, I love the book. That's so <laughs> sweet. And, so, and I think that's just really important because I think if there's one thing we all can relate to is all of us knows what it feels like to feel rejection. All of us knows what it feels to feel hurt and disillusioned and unlovable. And that will transcend everything because you go to that, emotion and we all can relate to that we've all had a moment in our lives where someone didn't pick us and it made us feel crappy and like shit right Mm -hmm. and so that's where I feel this book lays is in that of 
just reclaiming yourself and knowing that you're going to be good. And when you get to the other side of it, and I know, because I remember when people were telling me this, I was like, no, no. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I've, been, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll never like, get oh, over I'm this. Over. I'll always You'll be never. thinking about them. <laughs> yeah. You, when you get to the other side, you're going to actually laugh. You're going to actually laugh and you're going to feel yeah. really better and you're going to feel stronger. But I said to every person, you know, I said, I didn't even say do day by day. For me, sometimes literally when I was going through this, I was like, Trey, get through the hour. Just yeah. get through this hour. And if you can get through this hour, you're going to go to the next hour. And that mm. really just helped me. It was just like, I'm going to take it hour by hour because day by day felt way too much for me. Yeah. Mm, good point. That was really good. Oh, thank you for the gift of the book. It is called Black Girl in Love with Herself by Trey Anthony. And from what you were telling us earlier, you are going to start doing writing classes as well? Yes, I, yes, I've been doing, you know, um, I've been, I had been doing writing classes oh, of okay. for so many years. And, but, you know, during the pandemic, I stopped and now I'm starting back up. Oh, teaching um, them. I oh, also that's, oh, okay. doing a masterclass on Black Girl in Love with Herself for any woman who's about self-love. So I'm doing that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, those are the things that I'm working on and just helping women to just be better about loving themselves and, you know, claiming themselves and choosing themselves. Yeah. So you yeah. can get all of that information on my website or reach out to me at treyanthony.com as well and follow me on Instagram, black girl in love. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a really cool Instagram, everyone. Obviously we'll link everything. Oh, I was going to say, so I bought my book on Amazon as well. I hope that that's okay because you mentioned Amazon. So is that yes. the best place oh, to get the book? Okay. Cool. Yes. You yes. can get it Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere that books are being sold. The audio book is also available on Audible. That's and where I got the it. Audible yeah. book has a bonus interview with my mom and sister, which um, everybody really loves and adores. Yeah. So that yeah, is very so interesting because you really did examine the relationship between you and your mom quite a bit. And so it's yes, pretty cool that then bit. she came back and actually you know, gave yes, um, some feedback probably about the book. And wow, that's that's beautiful. Yes. Very cool. Yeah, get the ebook or the audio book. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, you know, I, I've already like, I got my hair cut yesterday and I was like, you got to read this book. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm like already recommending it to everyone. So yeah, <laughs> um, go, go get the book. And um, we're just so glad that we got the chance to talk to you and have this conversation. Um, and yeah, we hope you have a great rest of your year. We know like it's just going to keep getting bigger and better, right? Yeah. I, I imagine so. so. And I know so. Thank oh, you ever so great. much. I know everyone's going to benefit so much from this. So thank you so much. Thank and thank you to everyone who listened. You know that we love our audience. Thank you for being here. Let us know what you thought and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lachas. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On.
And here's a preview of our next episode. If someone broke up with you, you're dealing with the rejection. But if you ended things, you could also be experiencing lower confidence because you're disappointed in it not working out. You might feel like you can't make a relationship work. You might feel like you really want love in your life, but you don't have it. And all of these things chip away at the confidence as well. I struggled with when I broke up with my ex-fiance was trusting my decision and trusting that I made the right decision and I wasn't just this like lunatic out here you know like letting a great guy go right right for no reason Mm -hmm. you know so that Mm -hmm. was like where my confidence was I'm like can I trust my observations that really eats at your confidence if you can't like trust the decisions that you make